Hey, it's Stephanie, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by grant funding from the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Hey, hey, everyone. It's me, Stephanie, back with another episode. Um, This week, I want to take a deeper dive into justice and how we can really nurture and facilitate that third pillar. So just like the last two, we'll talk about not only um, how to be a model for our young children, but also how to be intentional about teaching the concept of justice as well. So if you'll remember, we talked about some big ideas when we talked about what justice is and how it relates to anti-bias. So justice is critically identifying bias and having empathy for the hurt that bias causes. So we're recognizing injustices and unfairness and then having the capacity to talk about them in helpful and productive manners. So in this sense, when we talk about justice, we are talking about looking at what is happening in the world around us and recognizing when things aren't fair to others. So in a very broad sense, we have three categories that we can break down within that. Uh, We can look at examples of experiences with justice, or in some cases, in a lot of cases, injustice. See what I did there? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So first is stereotypes. So many of us probably know what stereotypes are, right? They are widely held beliefs about a particular type of person or thing that is fixed. So they're just about, there's just about as many stereotypes as there are identities, which means that stereotypes are endless. And really, I, I think that is just our mind's way of helping to organize people and concepts into schemas. Oh, does that word sound familiar? Schemas? If not, turn the volume up. If so, hit the like skip forward 30 second button if you really need to or just listen, whatever you want to do. But schemas aren't new. Uh, There's an early childhood theorist, John Piaget, who who explained that young children's concepts of learning happen through schemas. And in a very, very short like uh, teaser, spoiler alert, whatever, about Piaget's theory of cognitive development, He says that we are exposed to something new, which throws us into disequilibrium. And then we do something called accommodate, which means that we use our prior knowledge to find how and where this new knowledge connects. Then we can classify it or categorize it in order to return back to equilibrium. Think of it like a bunch of shoeboxes in your brain, right? So when we get new information, it goes into a shoebox. It's put in, and not randomly, but it's stored with a shoebox that already has the same categories or concepts or thoughts that are similar to that new information, right? So like, oh, I see a new animal that I've never seen before, and it has four legs. I know that a dog has four legs, but this isn't a dog. So right now, I'm in disequilibrium because I got some new information. So I connect it to the dog because I know that a dog is an animal. So I know that this is an animal, but I also learn that it's a new concept 
called a cat, right? So my brain has accommodated for this new information and I once again return to equilibrium. Fun, right? Jean Piaget, there you go. There's a little, there's a little early childhood rat, rabbit hole for you. But, okay, <laughs> let's get back to justice, okay? So the second opportunity to see justice is in comments. So that's about how we talk about other people, how we talk to other people. So while stereotypes may be innate, maybe we don't display them or talk about them or put them out for the world to see, this one, comments, they are public. And unfortunately, because we have the internet and social media, they are way public, or they can be. Uh, that and behaviors. So comments and behaviors, and behaviors being the third experience of seeing or not seeing justice. So you know behaviors, it's all about how we treat people. Whether we treat them unequally, we isolate, we discriminate, or on the reverse, we include them, we treat them fairly, blah, 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 right? But statements, or I'm sorry, stereotypes, comments, and behaviors, all ways that a child could see injustice or in that, in that perfect world, see all of the ways that everything is just and fair. All right, so here's the biggest tip that I have to nurture and facilitate justice. Number one approach, it's gonna be huge, right? Enormous, such a big change for the world, for society. But it starts with you and it is a tiny, easy tweak that you should have no problem being able to implement. And here's the deal, I know a lot of the stuff we talk about can seem really hard to do, right? Like, yeah, 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 Stephanie, you want me to teach this huge concept like diversity? Yeah, 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 you want my kids to understand their own identity by the time they're five, when I'm 35 and I still don't have it figured all, have it all figured out. <laughs> I get it, I absolutely do, I do. But this concept is so easy to catch on to and so easy to do that there's no reason you can't do it. Truly, I challenge you. And I'm always up for a good challenge, right? My challenge to you is that if you think you have a good reason not to do what I'm about to talk about, write me and tell me about it. And we'll see if I can't get you there anyway. <laughs> okay, magical concept. Ready? It's not abracadabra. It's not expecto patronum. Where are my Harry Potter fans at, right? No. It is person first language. Oh, is that new? Is that new for you? Or have you heard this before? Right? This is the number one easiest way to show justice, to encourage identity, and to respect diversity. Huh, sound familiar? That's three of our pillars already wrapped up into one tiny tweak to your everyday life. Okay, so person first language. This is all about identifying the person before anything else, especially when we're talking about people, right? Now, if you are a person that has a disability or identifies with some 
unique, specific part of your identity, you choose your own language, right? And I think that's important. I think that's that's an important part of anti-bias is that we know our own identities and we can talk about our identities in ways that we feel comfortable. But when we talk about other people or to other people, whether it's a disability, a diverse characteristic, illness, whatever, whatever that may be, because let's look at it this way. So while a disability or whatever else the person has is a part of who they are, it's not their whole self. It's not their only one identity. Think of it like a puzzle. Okay, so if we're using identity first language, that would be like there's a puzzle made out of the disability and then the person is the only puzzle, is, is only one of that puzzle piece. Only one piece of that puzzle, right? Versus if you're using person first language, the person is the puzzle and the disability is only one piece of that puzzle. Does that make sense? Clear as mud. <laughs> All right, examples, examples. So instead of saying an autistic child, we can say a child who has autism. And why do we do this? We do this because the child is first. That's the person first language. We want to talk about the identity of the person, not the label of the person, not the diagnosis of the person, not the disability of the person, but we want to talk about the person. Okay, so a learning disabled adult turns into an adult who has a learning disability. So the handicapped people who are handicapped, a black person, a person who is black, uh, a ginger, <laughs> a person who has red hair, right? Epileptic, nope, a person who has epilepsy. So whatever it may be, there are so many ways to recognize that the person comes first. So when we talk about that justice and we can look at how we are using phrases to describe others as well, and that plays into the stereotypes, comments, and behaviors that we talked about earlier as opportunities for learning about justice. Make sense? Think you can do it? My challenge coin is down on the table in hopes that you'll take me up on it. Um, I love talking about this, especially if it's at the beginning of like if I'm doing a training or um, spending time with somebody that I know that we're going to be talking about this topic and talking about individuals with disabilities within the next little while. Um, I find myself that we talk about this and then a person will say it the the older way and then they correct themselves and I just love that I love that because I think that it's just it's a matter of awareness and it's a matter of continuing to evolve as we as a society continue to um give respect to other individuals with identities other identities so 
All right, so one last thing, because we, I know, we didn't take down the typical route for how to nurture and facilitate like we've been doing on the last episodes. I didn't necessarily add to your toolbox uh, like you're probably used to me doing, but there's a reason for that. And the reason, now, that's not true. I added to your toolbox, person first language. I think that's huge. I'm going to, I'm going to call it a win for your toolbox, right? Okay, but coming back, there's a reason that we didn't dive as deep into being specific about nurturing and facilitating justice as we have the past couple episodes. Uh, The reason why is that in order to do that nurturing and facilitation of justice, you need activism. Oh, that's a word, activism. But, spoiler alert, that's our next pillar. So I'm not going to give you any like sneak previews on activism because I don't want to get going down that path until it's truly the right time for us to get there. But what I am going to tell you is that we're going to talk about justice again. You'll hear it when we get into activism, but we'll also continue through this journey of anti-bias and we'll hear it again because it's a pillar and it's connected to so many different other parts of anti-bias that we'll keep seeing it. So, there you go. All right, that's it for me today. So, thank you for listening in, and as always, I wish you well. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casido Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Casido Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families, Child Care, and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email us at kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at Kids These Days Pod. Be sure to check out the resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, review, and hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Stephanie Haney and music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod.